Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 88. Today we're going to talk about pickoff plays, how valuable they are, and uh, ways that you can use them to your advantage. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. Please support us if you can. If you're in a position where you can become a patron, click on the uh, patreon.com slash everything fast pitch link. There's three different levels of support. If you're in a position where you can help us, we would really appreciate it. The patrons are keeping this thing moving. They're yeah. keeping us rolling. We definitely need the help, need the support. So if you're in a position where you can, please do so. So Don, pickoff plays, how important are they? How much time should we spend on them? What are some thoughts about uh, where they fit into the grand scheme of things? Tori, pickoff plays, in my opinion, are a huge part of winning those uh, you know, borderline games or challenging games or games at the end of the year. I think that being able to execute uh, pickoff plays is just a difference maker when you're facing somebody that's uh, very equally skilled as you are as a team. And if you're able to execute in those uh situations lead off walk to first base late in the game or you know in a really challenging time I think that being able to do these things and having coached them and practiced them and becoming very efficient at them is a way that we can win those final games of the year right when I think uh, you know when we think about pickoff plays obviously something has happened that a runner's gotten onto base whatever base they're on and the pickoff play is something that I think can be a very valuable tool but I think it has its place in the food chain and, a, and its place in the order. And I think for more experienced teams, for teams that are a little bit higher skilled or have a little bit higher level of uh, confidence in their abilities, that they can be a very, very important part of your, your game plan. But I think that for younger teams especially, and for all teams specifically, unless you throw it and catch it, unless you're already doing some of the fundamental things well, spending a lot of time on pickoff plays in lieu of working on fielding, throwing, hitting, bunting, I think can be a trap that some teams fall into. So I think it's definitely a, a great thing to have in your toolbox, but I, I think it's more of the uh, finished carpentry tools. It's not the hammer. It's not the saw. It's more of the really fine tuning stuff to, that we get into a little bit later on. And I think that that's part of the reason I wanted us to talk about it. So I think that uh, for a, a team that's got really skilled players, these are a beautiful thing to add in because it gives you a lot of different variety and a lot of different uh, opportunities to make something happen. See, when you brought it up, Tori, I thought you were talking about uh, you know that finished product at the end. Yeah, well, but I, I agree. I agree with younger with the younger groups. I think that's something that you know the throwing and catching piece obviously yeah. is important. Well, one of the things I know I do all the time is you know having spent so much time coaching at the college level. And now, honestly, being kind of spoiled because you know the travel ball teams that I work with are really talented too. 
you know, the ideas of these higher level things just seem natural. You know, like, yeah. well, of course you have pickoff plays. You of course do you it. do all yeah. these things. But I know some of our listeners are more entry level, more uh, in the trenches trying to, you know, just help very young players learn the game. I think the trick plays, the pickoff plays are something that we want to be able to execute. But I think that uh, we want to make sure we're taking care of the fundamentals first. And so once we get to that point where we you know, have confidence our kids can throw it and catch it, that, you know, that our hitting is pretty good, that our bunt defenses are pretty good, that we can bunt the ball, that we understand that we turn left at the base and go to the next base kind of stuff, you know, then adding in these pickoff plays and things like that, I think are... Tail or, end of the teaching. Yeah, yeah. And, a, and a very valuable thing. And honestly, a fun thing because yeah. the kids like it. You know, they love having these specialty plays. But now there's two different ways to approach it. One is a planned play that we are calling specific to a situation. So something that we've got a runner on first base and we run a very specific play, a pickoff play where the second baseman probably sneaks in behind the runner at first to try to pick her off at second. Um, If we have a runner at second base where maybe the second baseman tries to sneak in behind that runner and pick her off at second, you know, play at third where maybe we have the shortstop peel in behind and try to pick off a, a runner at third. Those are kind of the basic varieties of pickoff plays that I think most of us run, but I think that there's a lot of nuance and a lot of uh, specialization that comes along with doing those kinds of plays well. No, I think that, uh, again, having talked about it, coached it, and again, obviously we've got to be able to throw and catch well, right. is going to be something that does make that kind of exciting because there's nothing like feeling like you've gotten yourself into a bad jam, either a leadoff triple or a leadoff walk late in the game that's uh, you know a critical runner. If you're able to get that runner back off the base with one of these things that we're talking about, I think that's a huge uh, momentum swing and can be a lot of fun. Right. Let's start at first base, kind of the most fundamental pickoff play that I've seen be very successful. In a lot of situations, we get that runner at first with nobody out and we're anticipating a bunt. So surely the defense is anticipating a bunt, but so is that base runner at first base. And chances are, that uh, she's likely to maybe get a little bit more aggressive in her leadoff. She's a little bit likely to take a you know a little bit bigger jump, bigger lead, try to make sure she can get to second base safely if the ball's bunted. And so in those situations, I think the pickoff plays can work really well. And in a lot of ways, it just makes sense because you're already seeing first baseman charging, third baseman charging, somebody moving towards first base to cover. Something as simple as a pitch out in that situation that the hitter cannot bunt. Correct timed well so that the second baseman can get space between herself and the base runner. I think that kind of pickoff play can be a really strong play that uh, could work really effectively for an awful lot of teams. So I think in that aspect right there, Tori, the runner is definitely wanting to get a good jump because they don't want to get a lead force out at second. So their whole job is to get a great jump. And if they see that first baseman approaching home, you know, saying bunt, 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 and moving in, that makes them feel like they've got a wide open opportunity to get a great jump and see what happens at the plate. But uh, like you said, with a pitch out at at, uh, at the plate where they can't get a piece of it, second base sneaking in behind, right field backing up there, I think that's a great opportunity for yeah. that pickoff. Yeah, now, the one thing, you know, switching this over to the defensive side to make sure we're thinking about it, for the catcher, when we're running these pickoff plays, one of the reasons why I think many of them fail is catchers don't understand what an opening really looks like. They think that if, you know, the if that fielder is not clearly standing on first base and that runner is clearly not 15 or 20 feet off, that somehow they can't make that play. I always use the analogy in basketball, you don't wait to pass the ball to a basketball player who's open. 
you're often passing the ball to where they're going, knowing that they'll be open when they get there. So the same thing here for these pickoff plays, when we get to a high level of execution, that catcher is throwing the ball to the spot where she knows the second baseman's going to be. Right. Not to wait until she gets there and waits for the ball. I think if we wait until she gets there, by that point in time, the base runners had too much of an opportunity to get herself back under control and get back to the bag. So I think we want to make sure that we're working on the timing of that and helping the catcher understand that it doesn't have to be like wide open for there to be an opportunity to make a play. And practicing that's going to create the confidence there, right? Right. So we've got to take the time to go through it, talk about it, make sure that they understand there's a backup person, you know, just in case. Yep. You know, all those pieces. Yeah, and, and if we want to do big things, we got to take big risks once chances, in a while. chances, yeah. right? So we're, we're already one, in trouble. They're yeah. on first base with no outs. So the next one that you see all the time is the runner at second base. And typically the runner at second base is already a little bit cockier, a little bit more aggressive in their leadoff because they know that the distance that longer people throw. coming to cover them have you know more distance to cover and to throw so much longer, as you said. I think sometimes that's a really good opportunity. And the one that I've seen work a lot now and honestly has worked against my team a couple of times, is the throw that sort of looks like the catcher thinks she's throwing it to the pitcher, but it's really going all the way to second base. So it's not this big huffing and puffing and jumping out and looking pitcher's like... The uh, not ducking down. Yeah, the pitcher's and... not running for, running for cover. The pitcher kind of looks like she's reaching up to catch the ball, and she doesn't, and the ball just keeps going right on through to second base, and that second baseman is snuck in behind like, uh, to, to pick that runner <laughs> off. But typically in most pickoff situations at second base, we're obviously using either the second baseman or shortstop. Depending upon how you want to run it, you can do either one. I've always been more of a fan of the second baseman on that pickoff play at second because then our shortstop can be moving to potentially get involved in a play at third base. If something happens at the plate. Right, and our our center fielder's got the opportunity to back up that throw going to second. I like that one too, Tori, but that's not on a pitch out, right? That's just on a called play on a pitch. Right. It's usually just a return return throw. Now, you can do it with a pitch out, but the problem with the pitch out for the runner at second is they've got a wide open view of the catcher. Something alarming is happening. Right. As soon as that catcher starts popping out of there to make the play, I think that's going to show the base runner that she's being tricked and she's going to really try hard to get back to the bag. It's not a lazy return. Right. Yeah. Runner on third base, obviously, that's one where we're going to usually have the third baseman pretend to come in or pretend to be distracted and the shortstop sneak in behind for that snap throw. And again, here it's the same concept we talked about at first, that we don't need to see 15 or 20 feet worth of space. We're basically throwing the ball to the spot and seeing enough gap that when our shortstop arrives, she's going to be able to catch the ball and, and sneak in there to make the tag. And this, too, is a called play where left field's going to be in a good backup position, right. so everybody should be confident. And, right, and, yeah. and usually a pitch out or some or a pitch that we know is in a location that the hitter is very unlikely to be able to hit it. So those planned pickoff plays, I think, are really valuable and, and really useful. But now here's something that I think really is taking the game to an even higher level. When our players are aware enough of what's going on that these opportunities to pick runners off just happen in the natural flow of the game. Let's say that same situation where we're talking about that pickoff play at first. So let's say it's not a pitch out, but the second baseman breaks to cover first because the batter shows bunt and the first baseman charges. Even though it's not a pitch out, we want our catcher and second baseman anticipating that, hey, she's still far enough off that we can pick her off in this situation. So it was not a called play. It's not. Our right fielder should still be moving over to back up because she knows that's her job on every in, in this situation every time. If we still see that daylight, that gap where I'll, you know, I know my second baseman's got to 
head start getting back there. She's going to beat the runner to the spot that we can make that throw then. You know, another one that I think is a really good pickoff play that should just happen in the flow of the play is when the bunt is successful and the runner is rounding second base, that the second baseman or first baseman, whoever catches the throw at first, throw is behind. looking for that snap throw behind. Yeah. Again, seeing enough gap between the runner and the shortstop that we can throw it to the spot that we want it to go to, the shortstop can catch it and make the play. Again, she's not going to be 20 feet off the bag. You know, she might be 10 feet but not paying attention. She might be 5 feet and really not paying attention. And that throw behind can really be useful. So this is kind of a high-end backup scenario, too, for a left fielder, Tori. So right, left fielder and center fielder both have to be moving to be back so in they've, those plays. Well, they've got to be moving in that direction for that throw behind. Right. Otherwise, we could be in an issue or right. trouble. But so so as, as we're working on these things, if, we're, if our defense knows as soon as that ball hits the catcher in the glove you got some place to be you're either making this play or you're backing it up i think that gives us more confidence in making some of these quote-unquote risky plays but i love the teams that have the confidence and and the aggressiveness to look at all those opportunities so the planned pickoff plays i think have a place i think you know if we're really hoping to get to a really high level it's something that the kids start to anticipate and see for themselves. It doesn't necessarily have to be a specific called play. It doesn't have to be a specific pitched out play. It can be something that just unfolds in the course of how the game is playing, being played. So what do you think about this too, Tori, when, uh, when, we're, when we're playing in those games that uh, our players are, I guess, a little hesitant to make the call on whether or not to throw behind in a non-called situation? to give them the support and feeling like, hey, they, they should try these things early in a season so that they do get some reps or some live action opportunities? Is that something we should encourage the kids to do? Or Yeah, well, I think we should be encouraging pick it. pick our spots? Yeah, or, I think we should be encouraging it at all times. Just to and let I, it flow? And, right, and I think we want our kids to have confidence in their ability enough that they would do it if it was the bottom of the last inning of the championship game, the high-pressure situations that, that unfold throughout the course of the year. And because part of the reason I think these kinds of things are important, the pickoff plays and the reaction plays, is it gives them confidence, lets them know that we have confidence in them. And I think, you know, this whole idea, if we want to make ESPN top 10 plays of the day, we've got to practice it and we have to be willing to, you know, go at it that way is important. I mean, you know, when you see somebody make a diving catch in the outfield, they're not thinking about what's going to happen if it gets by me. They're thinking about, I'm going to catch this ball. Well, they have that mindset. Now, hopefully we've encouraged that mindset by telling them, oh, go for that ball. I have faith that you can catch it. We see that throw behind when the runner at second could be the winning run of the game. And if we throw it out into left field, she's going to score and the game is over. If we are constantly instilling in our kids, we want you to make that play. If you get her out, we got a better chance to win this game. You saw a chance to make this play. We got to make it. So I think instilling that attitude is crucial. And I think if you know, but we have to be smart as coaches, and, and this is here's why I think it was important for us to talk about this today. If you're the coach that wants to pat them on the back when it goes right, you can't be the coach that yells at them when it goes wrong. That's our instinct. You know, you know, if we try the throw behind and the throw hits the base runner in the foot and she kicks it out into right center field and there's nobody there to pick it up and she scores, we got to be willing to live with that risk. Yeah. yeah. Because if the throw had been three inches higher, it wouldn't have hit her in the foot. It would have hit the shortstop in the glove, and she would have tagged her, and we would have been out of the inning. So even seeing a younger 10U team try to do things right and make mistakes, they're going to get it, right? right. And we're going to be better for it. Yeah, and just think how much more fun your kids are going to have uh, coming to practice every day when they know that we've worked hard enough on the fundamental stuff that we get to add in some of this fun, cool stuff. 
and we, we spend so much time working on the important stuff that now we get to add the icing to the cake, the jujus and all that kind of fun stuff on top. And Tori, even if they just hear it and you know work on it a little bit, as time goes, it's going to sink in and they'll be more familiar. And I think it'll be something that they're easier to attain later as well. Absolutely. If they have seen it. So, so coaches, pickoff plays as soon as you're ready, yes. Until you're ready, no. Once you know you're ready, once your kids can throw and catch and they can do some of this stuff consistently, start throwing some of this fun stuff at them because you know, we say it all the time. If we want to be amazing, introduce it. we yeah. got to practice amazing. If we want to be great, we got to take some chances to get there. Don, that's going to wrap up number 88. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Uh, we're always looking for ideas. This was suggested to us by one of our patrons, Jackie Galloway. So, Jackie, thank you for the suggestion. Um, and we'd love to hear from our listeners. We want to talk about stuff that you're interested in. Please check out our sponsors, Anderson Bad Company and Everything Fast Pitch for Coach Don and our producer, Stan Lewis. This is Coach Tory in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening. Number 88. <laughs>